Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Bull Realty. For custom asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com or reach out to me directly. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. Well, we have another very interesting show for you today. You know, one of the uh, sectors that some people were concerned about uh, during the COVID crisis was uh, retail. Uh, and of course, most retail did really well uh, during COVID and still uh, is doing well to some people's uh, surprise. One of the uh, property types that uh, were kind of most in question, maybe even before the pandemic, was uh, malls and what's going on with malls, the, the redevelopment of malls and the performance, the valuations, you know, the city municipalities, hey, what do we do with these properties that aren't performing well? What does the ownership do? Well, you're in luck today. We have one of the largest owners in the country. Please welcome my guest. It's Joseph Cordino. He's CEO of Pennsylvania Real Estate Investment Trust. Joseph, thanks for joining us, sir. Thank you, Michael. Pleasure to be on. And you you guys have uh, malls all over, up and down the East Coast. You have them in Michigan. Uh, tell us, you know, how are, how are these malls performing uh, today and what happened kind of, uh, in, in brevity, I guess, during COVID for performance, and then what are you seeing now? Well, first off, I mean, we we sort of got ahead of the curve and sold off um, about half of our half of the malls we owned over the past decade and kept you know the quality assets. Um, and so post COVID. You know, the company and the assets have performed well. I think that, you know, COVID, when you think about industries that were hardest hit, you think about, you know, cruise ships and hotels and airlines, you know, malls were were right in there. We were shut down completely for four months, um, you know, out of business. And, you know, that was a that was a very difficult time. The good news is that when we came out, we saw a tremendous pent up demand. Uh, and, you know, as we as we pulled further and further away from, I guess, the, you know, the, the most difficult part of the pandemic, um, we've seen fairly dramatic performance. Um, you know, occupancy is around 94 percent. Um, we're at record sales per square foot. Our retailers are performing well. Uh, restaurants, a category that was really hurt during COVID across our portfolio, are up over 20 percent over 2019. So we've seen good things now that we you know, can look in the rearview mirror at the pandemic. Right. And I guess you still have some of those big boxes that are still um, hanging on. Kind of what, what are some trends you're seeing there? Well, um, again, we were. You know, we got out in front of that. We we took back about 19 um, department stores and we refilled them with, um, you know, different kinds of uses. You know, one extreme is we're moving a medical facility into a former Sears at Morristown Mall in South Jersey. Um, but in most cases, we replaced them with retailers like Burlington Coat, 
Optics, Sporting Goods, uh, Aldi, um, and the, the kinds of you know, retailers you, you typically see in an open-air environment. And that allowed, allowed us to A, drive rents, and B, drive traffic, which we think is part of the reason that the portfolio is performing as it is. And Joseph, are some of these big box uh, retailers that uh, have adjusted their style uh, of sales even pre prior to the pandemic, are some of these uh, uh, big box retailers kind of turning around and, and doing better that some people may have thought were uh, going down the tubes? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's to a certain extent, um, you know, COVID kind of cleaned out, if you will. Um, and what, we, what we've seen is survival of the fittest. So who are uh, the ones that are remaining are performers. Um, and we've seen uh, performance out of, you know, department stores, traditional department stores, you know, athletic shoes, women's apparel, um, experiential, and again, restaurants, entertainment, um, you know, the whole, when you think about the whole sort of, you know, box of retailers that were typically part of a mall, that's changed. And we have a, a lot more to choose from, um, including international retailers that are coming into the, that are coming into the market. You know, Primark's a great example, uh, an Irish department store um, that you know, had about 13 stores open in the U.S. and just uh, just announced they're going to go up to 60. Um, you know, we benefited from that with two Primarks because of our location in the Philly and D.C. markets. We're talking with Joseph Corradino. He's CEO of Pennsylvania REIT, and they own a, a lot of malls, uh, retail properties. And, uh, and Joseph, it seems like one of the things that a, a mall company, a REIT that owns malls, uh, that's kind of these days turned into a little bit of a developer, uh, right? What are some of the alternative uh, uses you guys are seeing in some of your mall properties where you're redeveloping kind of different uses? Yeah, that's, that's um, well, clearly apartments are, are a sector that, uh, we have in various stages of entitlements um, about um, 2,000 apartments at this point. So we have uh, at Morristown Mall under construction uh, 375 apartments. Uh, and we're, you know, we're hoping to close on a transaction uh, later this year in Fairfax County at Springfield Town Center. For a similar amount of residential units, uh, we're also looking to close on a hotel deal uh, at Springfield. So apartments, hotels, medical facilities. Um, and one of the advantages of being in the Philly market is we're the third largest life sciences market in the country. So we're beginning to see interest from life science tenants to occupy mall environments because it offers a base of amenities to their employees, which they see as a um, as a real benefit um, to them being able to, you know, hire the best and brightest. And these um, hotel deals and apartment deals uh, that you guys are developing, are these are right on your mall properties, right? And have you have are you demolishing some of your your big boxes to do it? Or are these going in parking lots? What's what, what do you usually see? Yeah, we have not done any demolition. Well, 
Uh, there is an exception. There's always an exception, Michael. Uh, we have uh, we just demolished a portion of the J.C. Penney store at the Mall of Prince George's that we got back. Uh, we have a tenant to go in the front portion, and the back will make way for again about 400 uh, apartment units. So that's one case. But in the in in most instances, we are simply building it on existing land. Um, we may knock down a TBA, former Sears TBA, or something of that sort, but uh, not really mall space that, that gets demolished in order to accommodate it. Yeah. So basically, it sounds like you're becoming a mixed-use developer in a, in a lot of ways. Yes, we are, as a matter of fact. And, and, and by the way, um, we don't, we're not the quote, quote, developer. We get the entitlements. You know, we find a developer who has expertise and they come in and really um, build, you know, develop and build the project and market it. Uh, and we get the benefit um, of the capital from that uh, to enhance the balance sheet, number one. And number two, the traffic that gets generated um, from the apartment or hotel development on the property. Yeah, it's a win-win. And it seemed like early on when some of the mall properties uh, were better suited for other uses, some municipalities kind of pushed back on on zoning and said, no, we want retail, we want retail. Have you seen that change over time? And, and what do you see these days on entitlement and zoning? I mean, it's, um, you know, it, it, it varies by municipality or by jurisdiction. Um, we clearly have seen communities. I mean, typically the mall is uh, number one, two, or three taxpayer, real estate taxpayer in, in the municipality. Uh, so we have a we have an ear um, in terms of you know, having a dialogue about the future of the mall. And typically, when we present a master plan that's thought out, you know, factors in pedestrians. Um, you know, accessibility um, and, you know, works with the road network, we found fairly, um, you know, welcoming uh, municipalities. There are a couple that are so that are difficult, uh, but ultimately, I think they realize that the, you know, one of the ways to keep that that rateable vibrant is to add alternative uses. So it's not it's, it, at the end, it's not that hard of a sell. Yeah. And when you're zoning uh, today compared to, you know, in your past, you've been in this business a long time. Uh, is zoning a little bit easier now, maybe because of COVID and the folks that maybe are fighting the zoning, uh, doing it online and not being in person? Have you seen any adjustments there on entitlement process? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I'll tell you, it's been in a, it's it's actually elongated it a bit. Um, because you're not, you know, the meetings aren't as regular. Uh, you don't have the benefit of personal interaction. And that's now all changing. I think we're back to in-person meetings uh, regarding that. But we, we were going through, you know, entitlements, rezonings, all through COVID. So we got, we got pretty good at uh, virtual meetings. But now I'm glad that we're, you know, we're back to in-person because I think uh, from an entitlement perspective, you can get more done. Yeah, yeah, me too, certainly. I'm, I'm ready and, and, and loving seeing people in person again. Um, 
And one of the uh, zoning changes or, or entitlements that might be uh, considered tougher in a lot of these municipalities for mall properties are, are uses that are a little more industrial. Like I know in one of your properties you did uh, self-storage, right? How, how did that go over? And, uh, and, and are there any other uses for some of these mall properties that might surprise people that you're seeing or entertaining? Well, the, the self-storage use was an interesting one. Um, mall of Prince George's in, you know, uh, in Maryland outside of D.C. had a lower level uh, storage level that over the years was abandoned. And we found a self-storage operator who uh, was able to make use of that. And it was uh, it was really a win-win because it's a it's an area where there's a tremendous amount of apartment development. And obviously that drives the need for self-storage. Um, you know, and again, you know, the, the, the basket of uses continues to expand from life sciences to technology. I mean, we're working right now on moving um, on two deals to put life science and technology into mall space um, at, at Plymouth Meeting Mall outside of, outside of Philadelphia. So, uh, again, you, what you might have never thought would go in a mall uh, three years ago is now on the list. In that life science space that's uh, in a mall property, are you repurposing some of the mall building or are you just starting from Oh, yes, yeah. we're re yeah. repurposing mall stores. Um, you know, as, as one thinks about the competitive environment, um, you know, the, we, we agree that there were too many malls built in this country, right? I mean, that, in spite of the fact that we do it for a living, we agree there were too many, which is why we sold off 19 of our malls and why we think about uh, alternative uses. And this is an exception, not what we're doing across the portfolio, where we see a property where there's an opportunity to bring in a higher and better use than retail. Um, we'll certainly take advantage of that. And are today you basically working on your own properties and developing them or are you also uh, doing any ground-up development or any acquisitions at this point? No, I think we've got a portfolio. You know, I talked about 3,000 apartments. Uh, that's a phase one. We see another 3,000 behind it. So we'll continue to focus on, you know, on our assets and adding value to them. And these uh, developments for apartments and hotel, for the most part, they're buying a, a piece of the land from you guys and then, and then developing it uh, with, with your approvals and in concert, right? And on the self-storage, right. was that a purchase or was that more of a long-term uh, lease? That was a long-term uh, lease. Okay. That's that was a long-term lease, primarily because it was, it would have been very complicated. It's underneath the mall, uh, would have involved, a, probably would have spent more money doing it with legal fees doing a condo deal. Uh, than a lease. Right, I see. And uh, what are some of the merging tenants that you see out there today, Joseph? Well, I mean, I mentioned Primark, um, who's announced a significant expansion. Warby Parker is certainly one of them um, that we've recently done a deal with at Cherry Hill. Rosen Remington coming out of the Midwest. Um, Box Lunch. Uh, is another one, um, and you know, we'll continue to, to also bring in the 
you know, the Canadian retailers that are coming down, Garage, Dynamite, um, and the the digitally native retailers. I mentioned Warby Parker, but Purple is another one um, that's expanding in, in the mall space. We've got a, you know, we've got a lot of growth. Uh, Lovisa, JD Sports, um, a lot of growth coming out of um, you know, new retailers or retailers that are coming from a pure online, um, you know, background to get in a brick and mortar environment. Um, so we, you know, we're at 94% occupancy and we see that continuing to grow. Um, you know, that feels pretty good when you start to stare at that 95%. Um, it's a pretty impressive number that we're headed towards. And uh, I think it's driven by the new retailers coming in to the environment and the alternative uses uh, as well. And, and Joseph, you, I'm sure you get sales numbers on your tenants and you get them, get them a lot. Are you seeing any uh, decline yet based on the uh, economy and inflation and some of those issues or some of the tenants mentioning uh, that they're concerned at all about the potential recession? I mean, obviously, macro conditions are concern us. So last week, we took a hard look at uh, an area that's pr- really discretionary, right, which is dining and entertainment. And we're seeing our restaurants across the portfolio up 19 percent. Uh, so they're compared to 2019. So look at 2019 and we look at, you know, year to date and we're up 19 percent. Cherry Hill Mall in New Jersey uh, is up 30 percent. Woodland Mall in Grand Rapids up 47 percent. Um, so despite um, the, the inflationary environment, potential recession, we see ourselves in with gas prices, although I think them, they're beginning to moderate uh, the the consumer is shopping and dining. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, what, what would you leave our audience with to think about with malls and uh, retail moving forward, Joseph? Well, one thing I would leave them with, get out and go shopping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is that I think our industry, our sector has gotten a bad rap. You really have to think about malls as kind of a have and have not. Um, and you know, with the closings of malls, there's a great story we have. In Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, we own the Capital City Mall. Macy's has closed all of their stores in that in that market, except for our mall. We have the only Dave and Busters, and we've seen sales increase from 2019 to, to now over $100 a foot. So the mall business is really a have and have not. Um, and good malls will prosper. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, uh, retail is usually a good real estate, right? It's usually well located and flat and, and, and developed and cleared and, and have utility. So it's an uh, uh, interesting uh, segment to, to be in and to be doing uh, mixed-use development and all these uses. It must be an exciting time. You know, you're right, Michael. We can't forget we're in the real estate business. <laughs> and... You know, with the kinds of locations that malls typically occupy, um, there's always opportunities to fill spaces um, 
with retail or otherwise or alternative uses, given the quality of the location. That's right. Joseph Cordino, thanks for joining us, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And thank you for joining us around the country. Please let us know what you think. Uh, we appreciate you sharing the show and reach out to us whenever you would like. You can find us at CREshow.com. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing site selection and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit BuxtonCo.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access One, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.